1: I'm Joshua Gibbs, and this is Proverbial, the podcast where we explore the wisdom of the ages as it comes to us in Proverbs, by which I mean wise sayings a man may live by if he's not so arrogant as to think himself special. Episode 94, The Hours. Today's proverb comes from Goethe. I'll read it twice. A man should hear a little music, read a little poetry, and see a fine picture every day of his life, in order that worldly cares may not obliterate the sense of the beautiful which God has implanted in the human soul. Once more. A man should hear a little music, read a little poetry, and see a fine picture every day of his life, in order that worldly cares may not obliterate the sense of the beautiful which God has implanted in the human soul. This proverb sets worldly cares and beauty against each other. Why? Well, a man is composed of both Body and soul. Work keeps the body alive. Beauty keeps the soul alive. And when I say work, I mean the effects of work. Labor, the effects of labor. The paycheck you earn or the work you do for yourself, the work of planting and harvesting and eating what you have harvested Building your own home, crafting your own clothes. Labor keeps bodies alive. Labor keeps hearts beating. Whereas beauty keeps souls alive. Beauty doesn't keep hearts beating. Hearts keep beating because bodies are clothed and fed and sheltered. Beautiful clothes don't keep bodies warmer than ugly clothes. And perhaps you've heard, this is something that's often said in classical circles, beauty is not useful. For years, I found this a rather difficult saying. I've been teaching in classical schools for over a decade. But it took me a long time to really understand what it means that beauty isn't useful. When people say beauty isn't useful, they mean it doesn't keep bodies alive. Beautiful buildings do not keep bodies drier and safer and warmer than ugly buildings. Delicious food does not make stomachs more full than tasteless, bland food. Beautiful music won't make you healthier than ugly music. Music is uglier now than it's ever been before. And people live longer now than they ever have before. Of course, the uglier music gets, the more common suicide becomes. Suicide's the leading annual cause of death in the United States. And if you need an explanation for that, you really ought to look at top 40 radio. So work keeps bodies alive, and beauty keeps souls alive, and Goethe cautions us against losing a sense of the beautiful. Why? Worldly cares take up a lot of our time. This is not an accident, though. This is by design. It's a necessity. Six days of labor, one day of rest. That's not man's devising. That's the way that God set up time. That's the way that God set up the cycle of the week. Six days of labor are worth one day of rest. It's amazing How little the soul needs to survive The body needs a lot to survive The soul needs just one day a week One day a week is devoted to leisure To beauty To spiritual things But the soul works on a different economy Than the body Think of how many bites of food you take When you eat dinner 50, 60 bites of food? I don't know. I've never counted. I know how many bites are needed for the Lord's Supper, though. Less than one. Less than one bite of food. Or think of the church lectionary, which commends less than two minutes of scripture reading every day. If you were to try to read... Cormac McCarthy's The Road in 20 second increments, or two minute increments, rather. It would be a vexing task to finish that book. With something like Cormac McCarthy's The Road, you kind of want to read it 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 minutes at a time. It's not like Scripture. You need less of Scripture every day than you do of Cormac McCarthy. And it's not because Cormac McCarthy is more important, it's because scripture is more potent. It takes 20 seconds to pray for a meal and 20 minutes to eat it. And this all teaches us something about separate economies of body and soul. You don't get more grace if you take a bigger bite of communion. A meal is not more blessed by a 20 minute prayer than a 20 second prayer. When it comes to beauty, when it comes to the soul, portion size matters far less. This of course explains why Ugly things or sensual things often advertise their abundance and their size. Art should feed the soul, but fake art feeds only the body. It feeds only the senses. And in order to compensate for the fact that it starves our souls, sensual art gluts the body This is how IMAX movies work. This is how supersized meals work. This is how Cheesecake Factory works. We're not gonna give you anything to think about, but we're going to give you a lot to feel. And so portion size matters for the body. And you know what a thing is appealing to if it appeals to its own size. Size is a physical concern, not a spiritual concern. When it comes to beauty, a little bit goes a long way. Goethe knows that the sheer quantity of worldly cares easily overwhelms the place of beauty in our lives. It's hard to keep beauty in our lives because it plays such a small role, such a physically small role. It's easy to neglect. Scripture reading, if you're going by a lectionary, it takes less than two minutes a day. And the fact that it requires so little makes it easier to skip. And this is especially true because beauty isn't productive. Spiritual things aren't physically productive. Beauty isn't lucrative. It's expensive. The genius of Goethe's quote is bound up in two words. Every day. So let me read the proverb again. A man should hear a little music, read a little poetry, and see a fine picture every day of his life in order that worldly cares may not obliterate the sense of the beautiful which God has implanted in the human soul. Now, I think that most people hear this quote and interpret the quote the same as they would if Goethe didn't say every day, but he said every so often. But there is a monumental difference between every day and every so often. When it comes to important things, every so often quickly turns into pretty much never. People that only go to church every so often go to church pretty much never. Now, I think that this is less true with unimportant things. I eat pizza every so often. I don't eat pizza on a schedule, though. But eating pizza isn't important. Prayer is important. Scripture reading is important. If you want to do important things, even if you want to do important things every so often, the best way to get them done at all is to do them every day. If you want to pray every so often, you've got to pray every day. If you want to go to church every so often, you've got to go every week. Because if you don't pray every day, you're not going to pray every so often. You're going to pray pretty much never. When it comes to important things, the only way to give important things a presence in your life is to do them every day Or to do them every week. If it's not being done on a daily or weekly basis, it's probably not happening at all. I bet most people who jog, jog every day. I bet most people who pray, pray every day. There is something magical about doing anything every day. If you do something every day, you probably also do it at an appointed hour and in an appointed place. So think for a moment. Think about all the things that you do every day. You brush your teeth every day. You eat dinner every day. And these are fairly banal examples, but if you brush your teeth every day, Is it not also the case that you brush your teeth in the same place and at the same time? I bet most people who brush their teeth every morning are brushing their teeth every morning at 7.55 in the bathroom or 6.40 or whatever is conventional and whatever is standard for you. Most people who eat dinner every day are eating around the same time in the same place. The things that we do every day, we do at the same time and in the same place. And anything that you do at the same time, in the same place every day, is being done ceremonially. Even if it's brushing your teeth, Brushing your teeth is a part of the ceremony you perform every morning in preparation for going to work. Think of the little ceremony that you conduct every night before going to bed. You wash yourself. You dress yourself for bed. You tell your family you love them. These are customary. They're regular, habitual. It's a ceremony. Little ceremonies that we conduct every morning when we wake up, every night before we go to sleep. And once something is enshrined as a ceremony, it's very hard to imagine giving it up. I mean, if you were anything like me, the idea of going an entire day Without brushing your teeth and taking a shower in the morning is sort of unthinkable. I do it every morning. If I did not brush my teeth and take a shower in the morning, there would be something horribly off about the entire day that followed it. Everything that's done every day is done ceremonially. This is what's behind the saying, an apple a day keeps the doctor away." That is not a proverb about apples. That is a proverb about doing things every day. An apple a day keeps the doctor awake could just as easily be an orange a day keeps the doctor awake. There's nothing magic about apples. There is something magic about every day though. A deliberate approach to diet is always going to be helpful. You don't deliberately eat A bag of chips. You accidentally eat a bag of chips. We deliberately do good things and accidentally do bad things. Most of the time, at least. No, most of the time, right? There are people who plan for weeks to rob banks. But if I was to take a survey of all the sins I have ever committed... If I could somehow get stats on all my sins, the way that there are stats for everything in a baseball game today, if I could get a survey of all the sins I've ever committed, I bet you green money, way more than 90% of the sins I have ever committed were committed without any sort of real preparation at all. By which I mean, I didn't know I was going to commit those sins more than 20 minutes before I committed them. I'm recording the show at 4.30 in the afternoon. I'm about to go cook dinner. When I go cook dinner tonight, I'm making some Brussels sprouts. And I'm going to cut the Brussels sprouts in half, and I'm going to lay the flat side down after tossing them in oil. And I'm going to put them in the oven and I'm going to bake them at 400 degrees for 30 minutes until they're crispy. Now, that's my plan. When I am pulling the Brussels sprouts out of the oven, should I accidentally touch my arm on the element on the top of the oven or on the rack itself and burn my flesh? If that is is what happens tonight, there is a very good chance that if I burn myself, I'm going to say something vulgar. (laughs) Now, if you ask me right now, are you planning on saying something vulgar if you burn your arm? No, I'm not planning on it. It might happen It's not a thing I'm going to prep for. I'm not gonna plan on it. I'm not gonna count on it. I'm not gonna do it intentionally. I'm going to intentionally cook dinner for my family. I'm going to unintentionally curse if I burn myself while I'm cooking dinner. It's not gonna be on purpose. If I say something vulgar when I burn myself, then when I go to confession, I will confess the sin of not controlling my tongue. But that's how most of my sin happens. Very little of it is premeditated. I mean more than like 10 minutes premeditated, even less than that. I would wager that most of my sins are committed with less than 60 seconds, 30 seconds, 10 seconds of forewarning. If I only had to take responsibility for those sins that I planned on... Man, the judgment for me would be a far more pleasant thing to look forward to. But my sins are committed on the spur of the moment. Most of them are. Not all of them. I'm not going to say all of them. I have planned and executed plenty of sins in my life, but... When compared with the number of sins that I commit by accident, without any preparation, most of them are committed accidentally. This is why an apple a day keeps the doctor away. If you're the sort of person who eats with preparation, you're probably preparing to eat good food. If you walk into the kitchen hungry without a plan on what you're going to eat, you're going to eat a bag of chips. Whereas if you walk into a kitchen with the intention of finding an apple you're not gonna eat a bag of chips. There's a difference between walking into the kitchen hungry and walking in the kitchen for an apple. There's a difference between opening up a web browser to look at the news and opening up a web browser to pass 10 minutes of time. Do you have a plan? If you're gonna hear a little music, read a little poetry, and see a fine picture every day of your life, You have to take a deliberate approach to beauty. If you're going to hear a little music, read a little poetry and see a fine picture every day of your life, you're not making time for beauty. Beauty is making your time. Beauty is making up your schedule. Beauty is dictating your schedule to you you're going to hear a little music and read a little poetry and see a fine picture every day of your life, your time has to submit to transcendence.